0: Hey, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Music History Project. Today, we're going to be s- discussing music advocate, Nam Ally, and professional baseball player, uh, Bernie Williams. Yay! Welcome to the Music History Project. We're your hosts. I'm Elizabeth Dale.
1: And Dan Del Fiorentino. And Mike Mullins.
0: All of our content comes from the Oral History Program, which is sponsored by NAM, the National Association of Music Merchants. And that is a program that is over 3,000 interviews and constantly growing. If you want to check out any of our content or any of the other interviews that aren't featured, please check out our website at www.nam.org library. All right. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're really excited today because today's episode is going to be an interview that Dan recorded with multi-talented athlete, musician, advocate, advocate
1: all around great guy,
0: wonderful human being, Bernie Williams.
1: And you know what? We feel so hip as a NAM staff that we get to hang out with this guy. So the fact that we have an interview with him and we see him on a regular basis ever since he's been such a great advocate for music education and music uh, making, we um, have been able to uh, hang out with him a couple of times. He came to the NAM building here in Carlsbad, California, uh, I think 2016, and ever since then, our cool level as a staff, I think, has risen. So it's really cool to uh, have an opportunity to uh, share with you some of what we gleaned from him during his 2017 NAM oral history interview.
0: Yeah, so um, most people out there, well, maybe not those that are listening to our podcast because you guys are all into heavily into music, but those maybe not well-versed in the music and music products industry probably know Bernie because he was a professional athlete. He played baseball for the New York Yankees. Um, he was a center fielder. I have tons of stats. I don't know what you want to know.
1: Just give it all to all us. Of it. We want to know it all.
0: Ready? Born in September of 1968 in Puerto Rico, He played baseball professionally from 1991 to 2006, a total of 7,869 at bats, which is quite. That's a lot. That's a lot. He runs, scored uh, 1,366, hits 2,336 of an overall batting average of 297, which is pretty decent. For
2: overall, yeah. Yeah,
0: for overall. It's pretty good for your career. Uh, He's a five time All Star. Four World Series appearances, four Golden Gloves, and he was the American League uh, Championship Series MVP one year, which is pretty awesome. You can see a lot of talent in those baseball stats right there.
1: However, in addition to all of that, he's also a music maker, a musician and an advocate for music education. So that's sort of where we come in.
0: Yeah, so Bernie got uh, associated with the Nam Foundation and does a lot of work for the Nam Fly-In, which is pretty awesome. Amazing And uh, does anyone want to go, I don't know, kind of give a symbno- synopsis of the Nam fly-in and what they do and everything?
2: Well, the NAMM fly is basically just um, a bunch of NAM members who are advocating for music education uh, go down to Washington, D.C. all at the same time and really pitch the proposal that music is really important. It needs to stay in schools and it needs to be... Um, Furthered in the education of children, and everyone has the right to make music. And Bernie Williams is one of the uh, leading advocates in that effort. So it's really cool to be able to sit down and talk to him about his career as a professional baseball player and as a musician.
0: Yeah, and definitely check out if you're interested in advocacy or what the Nam Foundation or the Fly-In actually, um, maybe more streamlined accomplishes than Mike's general synopsis. Definitely jump online and check them out. They do a lot of work. They uh, work closely with your senators and congressmen to really pound the pavement to get uh, music advocacy kind of out there as a forefront for lawmaking.
1: Absolutely. You did a really good job with that, Mike, and I just wanted to add just the concept to elaborate on what you said, that everybody has a right to make music, and I think that is really what pulled Bernie in. I remember him specifically, uh, the first time I met him, thinking about all those kids that came up to him asking for an autograph at um, spring training and, you know, wanting to have him sign a card or a baseball cap and thinking, you know, every one of these kids— has a right to play baseball, and every one of these kids has a right to make music. And if they're given those opportunities, then it's amazing what can happen. And so, uh, I think that's really the uh, the hook that drew him into the advocacy work that has been so important for the music products industry.
0: So, should we get started? What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. Let's so, hear from Bernie.
0: Yeah, let's hear from Bernie. He's going to be talking about um, growing up in Puerto Rico and kind of his first introductions to music. Um, as well as coming over to America, going to New York City, when he gets drafted to play in the majors, and some of his first experiences.
1: Actually, one of the things I thought might be kind of cool is, uh, did you visit uh, guitar stores and music shops when you were a kid? Like, had you ever been to Manny's when you were a kid?
3: Or was that- no, I grew up in uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, we had stores there, but uh, non-specialized, like, you know, like guitar stores. So, No. So you didn't see a lot of gear when you were a kid? No, I actually did not. I had a Spanish guitar, and that was the one that I was using in school when I was like going through like performing arts school. And I didn't really get into electric or electronics or anything like that until I went to New York for the first time as a as a major leaguer from from the Yankees. I was just strolling around uh, Times Square, and I stopped at one of those Yamaha showrooms, and uh, that's the first time I. Played an electric guitar, and I start, you know, like sort of uh, <laughs> playing with the stop boxes, and like I don't know, I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" And I just went right into Sam Ash and bought me a, a rig, <laughs> and I brought it to Puerto Rico. It's like the coolest thing ever. So yeah, after that point, I became a, a gearhead. <laughs> so I was always looking for the latest and greatest.
1: That's really cool. So mm-hmm. what was the first instrument you played?
3: The first instrument that I played was a guitar that my dad had brought from his travels. He was a merchant marine. And he at some point went to Spain, actually went to Spain several times, and one of those times he brought a Spanish guitar and a book. So he taught himself how to play, the little exercises, and then he just started gravitating towards the traditional Puerto Rican music, all the boleros and all the, know uh, traditional Christmas music and all that stuff so uh, at that point I was about seven or eight years old and I remember him playing at night just right after we went to sleep in one of those nights I kinda snuck out of my bed and I was listening to him and I thought I was gonna get in trouble but I didn't and I asked him if he could teach me how to play because I was just fell in love with the sound of the instrument and from that moment on from eight years old on I I really fell in love with music and my instrument was a guitar.
1: Okay, so that was Bernie Williams taken from his January 19th, 2017 NAM oral history interview that was conducted during our Anaheim trade show. And a great opportunity because he was there doing what he usually does, advocating for music education as part of our efforts. To uh, widen the base of music education not only in the United States but around the world so one of his sessions included talking uh, about other countries and how they can participate in expanding music education for young children so uh, a really great advocate and as you can tell it's a lot of fun hanging out and talking with him so uh, let's jump back into his uh, interview what are we going to hear next Elizabeth
0: We're going to hear Bernie talking about getting his own guitar and taking some early music lessons, as well as transitioning uh, into music full time.
1: Did you get your own guitar?
3: Eventually, I did get my own guitar, and I started taking lessons with the neighborhood professor or teacher. Uh, And I remember taking classes once a week. I was in grade school. I would change into my, you know, uh, playing clothes, and uh, I would, like, walk uh, down the street to take this class once a week. And then we were very fortunate because he, this particular neighborhood professor had a AM radio show that he would showcase his like young uh, kids and we would play on radio and we would play on this AM station and uh, and it was awesome. Uh, That lasted for about a year. Then we moved to another part of uh, town, more in the countryside and uh, uh, classes sort of you know, stopped for a while, but I just kept playing until I became a freshman in high school when I had the opportunity to uh, attend this performing arts high school in San Juan, about an hour away from where I lived. So uh, it was kind of hard, because we had to wake up at 5 a.m. and then go through all the traffic you know, to the capital to go to that school. And then after that, we had to do you know, our homework and then going into our sports. Uh, activities. So it was all designed by my mom her evil plan to keep us away from the crowds and uh, bad influences and it worked. It really did. I had hardly any time to do anything. (laughs) In in my uh, young life uh, when I uh, decided that I wanted wanted to be a baseball player I always kept my guitar with me. Uh, So I would bring it Uh, to the bus trips, I would bring it to my hotel room, and I would, uh, in the minor leagues, you know, since I signed at such a young age, I wasn't allowed to go to bars and drink and go out or anything like that, so it was just me and my guitar, just kind of like practicing and playing through different songs, and uh, music was uh, such an intricate part of my life that I always, you know, sort of took it for granted. And uh, it wasn't until I was like older in my life playing with the Yankees just uh, towards the twilight of my career, when I started realizing, you know what? I've been doing this music thing for a long, long time, and I like it a lot, you know? So I might as well just get into it like full time. And uh, I did. After I uh, stopped playing baseball, I just kept, I sort of gravitated into music and started playing guitar more and uh, taking it a little bit more serious taking lessons and taking videos and just, you know, like going into YouTube and doing all that stuff. And then I decided to go back to school. I never really had my bachelor's because I started playing baseball right out of high school. So I didn't really have any college experience per se. So I never finished my degree. So I figured, you know what, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it in music. And I decided to go into the Manhattan School of Music. Uh, about three years, about three almost three years ago, I had to audition, and you know, it was like, well, you know, it's it's good that you're part of this, but uh, we need to audition because we need to know if you can function in this school. I mean, they only take like 35% of the people that apply to the school. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're all young, talented players from all over the world. This is one of the top schools in the world. And uh, I was able to hold my own, and uh, you know, I was able to enroll and uh, take grueling (laughs) three years of uh music theory composition harmony counterpoint ensemble uh, jazz technique improvisation and all that stuff you know it took me about three years uh, to finish and uh, i'm so glad that i did now i have a college degree and i'm you know in love with what i'm doing and uh, this this part of my life is great
2: so moving on forward in this interview with bernie williams from 2017 Uh, Next up, we're going to hear him talking about uh, how he was a little bit intimidated when he first started attending music school, which makes sense because, you know, someone who's always done music kind of as a hobby, turning it into more of a profession, that can be a little bit intimidating. And then he talks about his music educators
3: and the importance of music education.
1: Were you intimidated when you first started?
3: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah when you have you know young kids that you could be their dad and they're running laps around you playing music was like oh my god what did did i get myself into but i i think i was able to apply some of my experiences in you know that i learned from playing baseball uh... which was no more and no less than just to give it yourself and uh, give it your all give it a hundred percent and by just sheer hard work and really committing to what I was doing uh, it was the only way that I was able to stay you know within those guys because they you know they were just coming from you know all kinds of prep schools you know geared towards music and they were like a lot of them were so talented that you couldn't even touch them uh, but for me it was just about getting the knowledge just trying to find out what I was doing why I was doing what I was doing and uh, it was a really eye opening and ear opening experience for me i was able to get a lot of information and learn a lot about the history of the music not only jazz but just back to you know like the baroque times you know study bach and and uh, and mozart and haydn and handel and beethoven and, and all those people and you need to put your your so uh, so called musical knowledge to Uh, obviously to a a, a big challenge, you know, once you start listening to what the great masters of music were able to do with a certain idea, you were like, okay, (laughs) Uh, this is about the journey. It's not about creating anything that hasn't been created before. It's just about putting your own spin on what has been done before and just have fun with it. And that's the part that I uh, enjoy about music that I didn't really enjoy about baseball. It's not really about the competition to be the best player. It's about knowing enough that you can understand how beautiful it is, uh, and going through that journey is, is basically where I get all my joy from. It's not about numbers. You don't get bad points for every wrong note you play, or you know you don't get booed. You know if you kind of miss a chord somewhere. Uh, uh, like in baseball you know it's, it's all about competition it's about just that confrontation uh, and putting numbers up and producing you know on the big stage and uh, so i was able to enjoy my musical experience a lot more
1: hmm. that's really cool yeah. <laughs> well, i know you're very active in in helping us uh, with music education and i know you've had some time to think about the influences that you've had with the, the um, teachers that you had when you were in Puerto Rico, when you were younger, and of course at the university. And I wonder, what have you gleaned, what, what do you say when, when asked about your, your teachers? What have they provided you?
3: Well, the most important thing that they have provided me with, it has been uh, just this uh, enthusiasm and passion for music. Uh, to understand such an abstract term uh, and concept that is so vast and encompasses all cultures all social stratuses and everything Uh, and if you go to the core of the thing is vibrations and frequencies in air that you're able to hear and some for some reason you hear them and they go from here to here right into your heart and they cause this you know they can cause countries to rebel they can cause you know people to do crazy things because you know what they feel about the music that they hear and uh... it's such a fascinating concept that uh... uh... if you get a little bit closer to understanding why is it it is so profound and so deep uh, uh... you're able to you know maybe create some of your own and, and have a, a good time doing it uh, understanding that uh you got to create from some substance, you know, from some sta- starting point of some knowledge. You can't just play any old thing and call it music. You know, you have to have this knowledge and respect for the people that have done it before you. And uh, to me, that was the most important thing, you know, to have a purpose uh, and uh, to understand also that it's not only about the music, but about uh, the cultural thing and how to uh, you uh, provide the kids Uh, especially kids that don't have the means to uh, be exposed to this kind of uh, education uh, to provide them with the opportunity to have that because it's has been proven, it has scientific proof that uh, kids that are involved in music at a young age, it makes them, it makes their brain uh, learn at a better rate, you know, they do better in math and science, you know, all these abstract concepts Uh, and uh, even though they may not become musicians, they are using this uh... really powerful educational tool that is music to enhance their education and that's basically what it's all about uh... and in the, you know in the meantime you know a- along the way if they end up loving music why not you know it's, it's a great thing it's, it's just a win-win situation for everybody
0: i just think that that's a really great segment especially when bernie talks about being intimidated you wouldn't think a professional athlete who's <laughs> won some of the biggest games in i mean national history of right world, Se- world series the bi- one of the right?
2: biggest stages of any sport ever really
0: right. and he's nervous <laughs> to go to college yeah. with, with, <laughs> with some music students because he's worried about not being as good as them or not being able to catch up to the level he perceives that they're at compared to him and Kind of shows his humility.
1: And well, it's part of his endearing character yeah, too, isn't it? Yeah. Is that he's humble and relatable, which I think makes for a great advocate for sure.
0: Right, and it shows that his ability to champion something that is challenging. I mean, right, most adults would probably be in that situation and throw their hands up and just say they can't do it. And
2: and he went to the Manhattan School of Music, didn't he? So right. that's an intimidating school by itself. No even doubt. if you are ready for the whole. Music school thing.
0: Yeah, so I just think that's really great of him. Um, and that makes him a perfect candidate to kind of be one of the many faces of the NAM Foundation and the NAM Fly In. So that kind of brings us to our next section where we're going to hear his thoughts on the NAM Fly In and his foundation work.
1: Can you talk a little bit about your experiences with NAM and working with the Fly In and, and the music education advocacy programs?
3: Yeah, it was uh, such an honor to be part of that group of people that year after year uh, we go down to Capitol Hill and uh, they kind of like, I mean I'm just so glad to be used as this poster child of somebody that uh, grew up uh, with a, a really deep exposure to music and how that exposure helped me to become a successful in, in many ways non-musical person, you know, because I don't really utilize music in, in, the, in the sense of being a musician, but I utilize what music taught me to be creative and to think outside the box and to become a really good, successful Major League Baseball player. You, know, you utilize it in sports, you know, the rhythm, the timing, everything that I learned in music was so useful for me uh... and you know obviously the work ethic you know, the discipline everything uh, and that was the message that i was trying to convey to all these congress people and senators uh... that you know maybe perhaps didn't have uh... you know that sort of perspective from somebody that has love some music so much uh... and uh... you know we we would like to think that we did make a difference. At some point they passed some laws that allows funding to come to uh, allow music and arts to be part of the core curriculum uh, in uh, public schools. So uh, I think as, as far as anything that I've done in my life, you know, to make a difference uh, you know, I don't even even I don't even count baseball or sports, you know, it's, it's stuff like this that you can say when you're old, man, I was part of this movement that uh, was able to influence uh, lawmakers to create something that is going to help a lot of kids and it's going to help people and it's going to change uh, things around. So uh, it has been very rewarding for me to be part of it and I'm looking forward to what's next.
1: So all of this talk about baseball reminds me of a little segment of a the collection of physical archives at the NAM headquarters building as part of the resource center. We tried to collect photographs and other uh, paraphernalia that was related to music and baseball uh, just because so many uh, companies, particularly in the 50s and 60s, had their own baseball teams. And there's an awful lot of uh, baseball fanatics that are also involved in the music industry. I'm thinking particularly of my friends at Hal Leonard right now, shout out to them, Um, and all the many who have uh, collected baseball cards and so on. So there is actually a collection of photographs of people such as Babe Ruth playing the saxophone, I remember. I think Dizzy Dean had a sousaphone on, whether or not he played it or if it was just for a picture, I can't remember. Um, Satchel Paige, one of my all-time favorites, uh, going back to the Negro League, Uh, played the guitar and actually recorded some songs uh, in the same studio that Helen Wolf recorded. So there's a, there, and that's just a few that just come to mind. So uh, when we had the opportunity to uh, talk with Bernie Williams, you can imagine it was kind of fun to further this same connection between baseball and music. So um, we had the opportunity to ask him during the uh, 2017 NAM oral history interview if there were other players who also play music so let's hear from bernie speaking of baseball have you jammed with other major leaguers are there other players out there that play
3: yeah yeah there's plenty of players out there that play uh most of them are really passionate about sports and they use music as sort of escape uh they like you know whatever they grew up listening to that's sort of the thing that they gravitate to they don't really have a a certain you know, overall knowledge of music in general, but they feel like metal when they were growing up, but, so that's still what they play. They like country, you know, the same way, blues and rock. So they sort of stay in that sort of little box. Uh, and it's, it was really uh, interesting to meet all these guys and just kind of try to move in their, their world and try to emulate, you know, some of the things that they were doing from the music that they were listening growing up. And it was, uh, you know, once you learn uh, how to play and how to, you know, know a little bit about music language, it's, it's a universal language, you, anybody can relate to, and it's all about the communication, you know, when you get into these jam sessions with people, uh, it's about, you know, you play something and you react to it, and then you play something else, and it's, it's so much fun, uh, and I, t- I take a lot of enjoyment out of it. So. Uh, uh, it was just a great thing to have an opportunity to play. You know, guys like Paul O'Neill, it's a good drummer. Uh, Jake Peavy. That's uh, this guy that played with the Red Sox. Uh, Bronson Arroyo. Uh, you know, have you know sort of perform actually and have CDs out there and doing you know some music of their own. So it's always cool to have uh, that sort of a community within the community of, of professional athletes, people that are sort of you know into music as well
0: so that's bernie reflecting on some other players uh that he knew of that dabbled in music a little bit and uh he's also not the only baseball player in our collection anybody i mean we all know who it is i don't (laughs) know mike mike looks a little lost right now you can't think of who it is i can't think of it you gotta Uh, give me hints okay i'll give you a hint he was interviewed in nashville at the summer show in 2017
2: Still not coming to my head.
1: He I got nothing.
0: I don't know.
2: I was probably there for the interview too. Wasn't yeah, I? it
0: was you <laughs> and our other interviewer. Right. In the second room. He also played at the 2017 name show of that
1: He's helps. also a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay. I remember now. Should I say it? Or are
1: we? Yeah. Okay. I... Charlie Pride. Yay! Yay! But I also <laughs> want to give a little shout out to Mr. Cranley over at Willis Music, uh, who also played professional baseball. There were a couple of others, Bill Heese and some others in the music industry that we have interviewed, who had very short careers, but indeed had a, a bit of a career in music. Still with, longer and baseball. than ours. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: So uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to hear Bernie talking a little bit more specifically about the Nam Show. And remember, this is in reference to the 2017 Anaheim Show because that's when we captured this interview with him. So we're going to hear him reflecting on his gear and Nam, the Nam Show in general, as well as some current projects and his appearance that year.
1: So I know we were talking at the very beginning about being a gearhead and you're at the NAMM show, so it's like a kid in a candy store, isn't
3: it? It is. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it, I mean, I've, I've come here for, I don't know, I would probably say more than three, four, maybe five years, if not more. Okay. 10 years. <laughs> I just got <laughs> out They all fall into one big uh, lump of time. And I never had an opportunity to see the whole show. There's always somebody bringing some new piece of gear, something that nobody had seen before. You know, technology, digital, electronics, uh, accessories. And that's only for guitar. You talk about software, you talk about consoles, you talk about mixing boards, and, and then it, it's it's just endless, and it's it's so it's so great, you know, to have that opportunity to come here once a year and make a, a feeble attempt <laughs> to try to see all that is there to see. You cannot do it, uh, but other than that, you know, uh, obviously, I'm so glad to have this great relationship with Nam, uh, which had made me realize that it's not is not all about the gear is all about the relationships you know the networking and all you know interacting with this great community of people that you look about the product you think about the product but the product is made by human beings and it's run by by people and it's in that interaction that you start meeting these people and 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 see them year after year say hi and uh, you know make sure that they're they're doing okay and they ask about your you know your life and it's it becomes a great community uh, community thing and uh, I just love it you know I just love it so it, I just wish that they had more hours <laughs> so if my knees were holding up a little bit better so I can walk a little bit all you know a little bit more but uh, it's always a great time
1: so Tell me about your gear. What are you, what are
3: you currently playing? I am, um, I don't know if I can say it here, but uh, I have uh, played from DR strings uh, to Diodario strings to uh, Sir guitars, to Reverend guitars, to Taylor acoustic guitars, uh, even when they were making uh, composite acoustic guitars. I have one MacPherson, great acoustic guitar that I play um, and, and as far as you know stomp boxes, uh, you name it you know exotic and I don't know I mean I'll always I'm always looking at electroharmonics. I'm always looking for the latest and greatest piece of gear. I'm a great delay guy so delay chorus, uh, overdrive. I'm in there you know trying to see what's, what's new uh gator cases you know uh so uh i, I mean i don't Watch know yeah i i play through a um, mesa boogie Longstar, uh and that's the one amp that i sort of request sort of when i play uh the one that i'm most familiar with but i can play defender twins uh and i actually do own uh, a fuchs out of new jersey and it's it's an it's an awesome amp I just you know, don't like bringing it to too many places because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to break it, <laughs> but uh, it's a great uh, plain amp and uh, I don't know, I mean, I'm always looking forward to what is there and I always keep my ears and eyes open for the next great, uh, great next piece of gear that I can put my hands into.
1: So what's your next project? Are so you in the studio or, or live? Or what are you doing?
3: Um, I'm actually playing, uh, today is Thursday as we're recording this. Uh, tomorrow I will be playing Friday with my all-star band at the big stage outside. And I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have a lot of uh, great, some great uh, performing guests. I think we're going to have Keb Mo on stage. And we're going to have Poncho Sanchez, a great uh, percussion player. Uh, and i uh, 'm looking forward to that gig uh, it 's a huge gig, and um, I was talking about you know pressure in the baseball field, but when you 're playing outside the NAM show in front of a crowd of musicians i don 't think the pressure could be any higher than that, so I am looking forward to the show you know try to you know. Uh, do the best that I can and hopefully uh, people will enjoy you know, what we have uh, for uh, to bring them.
2: So once again that was Bernie Williams talking about his current gear and some of the projects he was working on while at the show and just a little side note if you ever find yourself at a NAMM show uh, Bernie Williams usually takes the stage at least once definitely in Anaheim and I would def- definitely recommend checking him out because he is a very accomplished musician and the band he plays in it's just all top-notch guys and a really good show to see if, if you're around.
1: Also, the expression on his face is a pure joy. It, you know, m- Most musicians have a great look on their face because they're doing what they love doing, but Bernie, to me, is the uh, antithesis of that concept.
2: And I think that's because it's what he's always really wanted to do. You know, like, I mean, baseball was his passion, and that's very obvious, but music was always kind of sitting there, and now that he gets to... Do it full time. I'm I'm sure it just makes them very happy. So we're gonna wrap this podcast up with uh, a couple last words from Bernie Williams. And
1: here's Bernie. This is great. Thank you so much. I know it's a busy day, so thanks for taking the time.
3: Absolutely, anytime. Thank you so much.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode. As always, we love your feedback. So please feel free to rate, review. Our podcast, as well as if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes or interview suggestions, don't hesitate to shoot us an email at library at nam.org. Have a great two weeks.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye. Buh-bye. Bye. Bye.